Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, all right. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about collapse. Now, I was looking at a bunch of conspiracy stuff on the internet. I don't know, stuff that popped up in the Facebook feed, you know, after they censor everything out and who knows what's left. And some kind of Alex Jones crazy stuff, uh, something called the Oblivion Agenda and and nonsense. But basically, they, they were talking about uh, government collapse where you're kind of the cities and everything is left on their own. And I'll basically lay out what they're talking about. But I think it's things that we could really consider when we think about our preps and how we prep. So I thought it might be good, you know, insight, something we could do. Um, you guys can rest easy. Kevin's here with us. So I am here. President he is here. President accounted for. So we should be all right. No need to panic. Um, so basically, I think, I don't know, their theory, the way this plays out is the, the people in charge in power in Washington, Congress, and, and all these people seem to be allowing more lawlessness to prevail. You know, things like our, our open borders and, you know, I guess sanctuary cities, things where we don't seem to, uh, to, you know, enforce any laws. We seem to let everything go, uh, not turning people over to ICE. It's not all just immigration stuff, but once you let your cities kind of run to slums and, and where you're letting people take craps in the street and you don't do anything about it and, you know, people are all intertwined in these like makeshift cities where they're not paying taxes and they're allowed to squat and just do their thing. And, and you just get to a point where the problems become so overwhelming 
that you just kind of ignore it and let it go. Um, Obviously, people have talked about how uh, disease and that kind of stuff is starting to, you know, spread. You're starting to see things that you didn't used to see, like uh, measles and and things like that coming back. Uh, You know, meningitis is a big thing again at the colleges and, you know, all this stuff comes and, and seems to be a bigger issue than, you know, it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it's this lack of established infrastructure, um, organization, uh, basically civilized society is almost like crumbling down. And it almost, you know, it seems to be, you know, they were pushing, oh, well, look, it's all the Democrat cities. Well, it's cities. And when you get a bunch of people together, they end up voting for social programs and whatever, because that's what people who like to cling together like to do. You know, and and then that's what ends up happening, and and that's where this takes us. Yeah. Next thing you know, you can't even take a shit on the sidewalk. Right. Ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, the world. You know, it's the it's the capitalists trying to put a stop to that. That's why. Um. Uh-huh. And now we get the capitalists out of the way. You can just crap wherever you want. You thought that oh, was like God. a libertarian idea. You know, freedom. I want to mm-hmm. drop my pants and squat in the middle of the road. Hey, that's me, right? But no. Now, these guys go a little further as, you know, U.N. troops or Russia maybe staging troops in Mexico. And, you know, they were all kind of all over the place a little bit. Um, they, they talked about basically U.N. troops being brought in at some point to just as these cities kind of deteriorate into complete lawlessness and disease that – Maybe they just kind of cut off the cities and don't let people out. Kind of, uh, what's that movie, Legend, I think, with Will Smith or um, is that, is that uh, where they right? quarantine it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, things like that. Right. Yep. Um, Escape from New York and Escape from LA. They were both that kind of premise, you know, where they were. Mm-hmm. The cities just get so out of control and become such a disaster that it it gets to a point where it's almost not worth saving. And so the idea was they just kind of give up. Now, they were saying things that could escalate these are, you know, people like China and Russia. Remember about a year back, maybe two two years ago, people were like, oh, you know, China and Russia and Korea are all going to kind of, they're backing their money with gold and trying to, uh, you know, establish a new currency and kind of going to push us out. They were talking about having the dollar or sorry, having oil not backed by the dollar anymore, things like that. Those are the kind of things, you know, and they were saying, you know, currency manipulation, trying to bring America to its knees and, and things like that. You also have things, I mean, they somehow think that like the San Andreas Fall, Mount St. Helens. I mean, it just seems so all over the place. You know, how do you have weather coordinating with the government, coordinating with China, with Russia? It just seems to like, let me play on any bit of fear that we can and kind of put it all into one big perfect storm, you know? But 
basically the way I wanted to kind of take this episode is, and I, I guess let me let me wrap up one more uh, topic they wanted to kind of cover is they kept talking about gun confiscation. And you have a lot of the new politicians that are like, oh, we're going to go door to door and round people up and, you know, take their guns and things like that. And it's just one more thing where they can't enforce all the basic laws and things that are happening, but somehow we have the complete, you know, under my thumb control that they can come and do all this other crazy stuff. And it basically leads to civil unrest and chaos. And I don't think, I mean, I know we did an episode where we talked about possibilities of civil war and things like that, but I think more, it's going to be more like a collapse or a lack of government that ends up being America's downfall is in their desperate attempt to try and control everything. It makes it that you kind of can control nothing. Um, You overreach and you don't realize the resolve or the will of the, the people. And it just kind of backfires on everything. Now I do think you do have some, semblance of stuff in my mind the way something like this would play out i actually see the greed of politicians wanting to save the cities for themselves Mm -hmm. um i know this stuff becomes overwhelming like portland was a little while ago and and the way california is getting and i know you're like well california is not a city that's a whole state well yeah all right we'll say southern california is one giant disaster city we'll say that Mm -hmm. And you have the same thing, New York City, you know, like that. But I think greed, they won't be willing to just give it up, give it up, you know, and turn it over to the masses. But I don't know. What's your take on that as far as, you know, if they were trying to control everything, how how would you see that playing out with the cities? Would you abandon them and cut them off? Or do you think that greed and uh, I, I want mine, I want to control New York City wins out you know yeah well i mean when you have a a situation with with eight or 12 million people uh it's kind of hard to control that kind of population unless you have massive government oversight and um it gets to a certain point you know uh, especially with um you know something like disease or major power outages or um uh supply chains uh being cut off as far as fuel and and food uh, things go downhill real fast. And I think with, uh, you know, when you have a group of that many people that close together, you know, it's asking for trouble. And what are you going to do? You know, you're going to block off the roads and keep everybody inside, you know, keep that that Spanish flu from spreading outside of the city. Um, maybe. Maybe uh, maybe it's not a good idea to live in uh, San Francisco or New York City or Los Angeles, maybe it's a, a good idea to get out in the country away from everybody. Well, that's, I mean, I think what, you know, they were kind of suggesting was the idea was that if you're, you know, in with the zombies, as they called it, or, you know, Antifa and the gangs and the, the whatever, you know, do you even stand a chance when uh, things start to fall apart? You know, mm-hmm. um, do you do you even have a shot? Uh, or is it maybe if 
you know, you got to kind of be at least on the outskirts, if not in the country, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. a little further away than these, uh, well, they would, they would say leftist strongholds, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. I think, uh, I think one of the, one of the biggest problems with that sort of thing is, is, um, people have a low tolerance for for uh, being pushed around by the government especially in this country you know in most most western countries um and i think you'd find yourself in real trouble if uh there was some sort of uh hong kong situation going on in in new york city you know the only thing you can do is back off and let them go at it yeah well I mean, I think that's that's probably if there is a, a semblance of uh, control. I, I think mm-hmm. that's more the way it would play out is is closing out the cities and kind of maintain, you know, the, the bad there and keep it from spreading and destroying things. Uh, you know, it would be nice to keep a, a level of infrastructure. Now, when things start to fall apart, though, and you start to break up the supply chains and everything else then do you you know things start to get cut off and and even in the country and stuff if you're not able to provide for yourself and take care of yourself you know i I imagine things like gasoline and refineries and those things you know if we get cut off from from major population areas there's a lot of that stuff that's going to go away and that infrastructure that we've grown to depend on ends up you know, becoming a lot weaker and a lot, you know, more fragile, if you will. Right, right. I know uh, Iran was making some noise recently about uh, war with the United States. Yes. Um, suggesting that they had a lot of, uh, uh, what is it, hidden hidden uh, cells. Um, Sleeper cells and... and uh, right, yeah. right. Suggesting that they had... Um, uh, plans for destroying uh united states uh infrastructure you know destroying uh power plants and oil refineries and you know those things you know a few simple strategic hits like that man could really you know could really bring an end to uh you know just your lights coming on to the gas stations being open you know there right and once those things start going away, once you don't have the gas station every day or the, the power's unreliable from day to day, is your job still there? You know, mm-hmm. or can you go to work? And then, then what about your local police? Are they still going to work? Are they maintaining order or are they home taking care of their own families? You know, do they right. worry about that stuff on their own? Mm-hmm. Um take care of theirs at some point um you know the military when do they stop showing up and how many of uh the military kind of see themselves as oath keepers you know when beto and these guys go out and they're like yeah we're gonna come for your guns and we're gonna you know turn things over do they stay and and maintain do they keep going to work or do they say you know what i gotta go take care of my own um right Right. And when it comes down to it, uh, how many people are going to volunteer for that job going door to door collecting AR-15s from people? Nobody yeah, wants that. I, job. I don't see Beto volunteering for that, although people mm-hmm. have been telling them, you know, come and take it. So 
sounds like they're ready to give it to him. Maybe it's going to come over, go pretty easy. Yeah. So who knows? You know, that, that's what he said. He heard in Texas, there was a lot of come and take it and the Texans were willing to give up their guns. So he was excited. Right. right. So, I mean, I, I think that it, you know, I think that it would be a fantastic job to just go from, from house to house in Texas collecting firearms. I'm sure that would go over well. Exactly. No, that sounds right. Now, uh, so I guess then, you know, once we kind of painted this picture of the world and, you know, it was just kind of inspiring a little thought process, you know, um, and, and, you know, that kind of collapse, you wonder where it takes us and, and how things, you know, play out. But um, so what would you, you do to basically sustain if that supply chain, you know, comes down? What do you have on hand? to really sustain your family do you have i mean are you far enough away from the mobs and the gangs and you know are are, are there rowdy uh strongholds near where you live or are they gonna you know come get you or do you feel pretty safe where you are yeah i think a big part of that is um how how capable are you surviving long term with that electricity you know, a lot of us think about, oh, you know, I, I don't need my Netflix and, uh, you know, so what, the right. lights don't come on and that's all right. I've got candles and flashlights, but, um, you know, day three, day four, you know, week three, week four, right. how are you going to be managing? Are you going to be warm enough in your house? You know, up north when winter comes, uh, most of, most of the, the people up here have, have, uh, electric, you know. Uh, requirement for their heating systems right sure um and, you know you're uh, like oh i have an oil furnace well yeah that doesn't work without electricity you know right right you know the baseboard heaters a lot of them are electric uh you're like you said your oil furnace isn't going to come off and on you know maybe you have a wood stove and that's good for part of your house can you heat your whole house that way or are you all going to be sleeping in your living room well that wouldn't be awful would it but uh you're sleeping in your living room Shower, uh, water stopped, stopped running. Now y'all smell bad. There you and, go. And, uh, you know, it's, well, it, a lot of people don't even, quick. right. And a lot of people don't even have a wood stove or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that common, you know, I mean, I'd say one in 10, one in 15 in the country. Right. And then you go into the city and that's not even that's a choice. Nobody. You know, the yeah. city sits, nobody has some kind of wood supply heat, you know, or something really sustainable like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something to think about. And then a lot of people, you always hear these guys are like, well, I have a creek in my backyard, so I don't have to worry about water. Mm-hmm. Well, how long is that creek going to be clean when all your neighbors are washing in it or, you know, not exactly having the best sanitary conditions with where they're taking a crap? You know, it could mm-hmm. be like San Francisco, you know, whatever. Their right. backyards become a toilet bowl. So anything's possible. Um, also, is your sewer plant guy going to work? Or is right. he home taking care of his family? Because when he's not getting a paycheck, it's kind of like, fuck it. And when right. the sewer plant stops working, does that affect the creek in my backyard? It might. <laughs> it, it absolutely does in most cases. Most right. of that stuff gets discharged into water systems. It's clean first. But if the guy's not showing up, it's not going to be clean for long. Right. And so that doesn't, you know, keep that same level of cleanliness going. So that's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Also, another thing to think about is is about day three or four of uh, major power outages, the water systems are going to stop working. The pumps that pump them up to water towers are going to stop working. Uh, the disinfection systems are going to stop working. The filtration systems are going to stop working. You might still have water in your tap, but it's not going to be clean anymore. You're going to have to boil everything you have. You know, everything you drink is going to have to be boiled first. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good plan. And then if you have a well, if you don't have a hand well pump, well, yeah, you might have gas to run a generator, maybe even enough for a week, maybe even two weeks. You know, we'll say, Mm -hmm. let's say best case scenario, right? Let's say you have a well and you have a generator and you bought some water bobs so that you're able to run the generator, fill up your big water bob in your tub and, you know, and then work off that water for, I don't know, it's like 55 gallons. Um, we'll say a fantasy world where you and your family can bathe and drink in two clean gallons of water a day. And that, I think, is really a stretch. Somehow, when that, I'm living yeah. off beer, I don't need that much water. But, you know, you get rid of the beer and then that changes. So two gallons a day, 55. So maybe you go 20 days, but you got a couple people. You got four people in your house. Now all of a sudden you're up to eight Mm -hmm. gallons. So what, eight, six, about six days. And then you got to run it again. Something, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Math's hard. Something, maybe seven days. Right. So you go seven days. That sound of that generator is going to be like a, an alarm system for people. You know, somebody's got power. Something's happening. Right. You know, you might have people coming out of the woodwork. It's a beacon, huh? Mm hmm. And and that's it. So, I mean, you know, that's something to think about. And realistically, your generator doing that, any other fantasy uh, electric you're using off it when you are running it. And again, I'm assuming and that's forget your fridge, because what if you want to run your fridge for three hours every, I don't know three hours on, maybe four hours off, something like mm-hmm. that. That's yeah, going to eat up your gas even faster, fast. you know? And right. So, and same thing, like Kevin said, you know, you, you have that generator running, people are going to start to notice. So you got to be aware and, and things like this. Now, what's your food stores? And what's your food stores for when winter comes? You know, everyone's like, well, I have a garden. I'm going to grow my garden and it's going to be fine. Well, that's cool for three months a year. But it right. what after that, you know? Um, now, maybe you're further south. You have more time than three months a year. But that's something you need to consider. And, you know, what is your sustainable plan? And and that's really something we all have to kind of dig deep into and realize that. And the thing is, I think you end up in a worst case scenario with some kind of slow collapse. And the reason that is, is because you're not just, there's still people around. There's enough people where they're still not dying off because things are kind of in order, kind of not, but you're not really going to work and people are desperate and you're just kind of living in a violent thug world kind of thing for a little while. That's mm-hmm. not a comfortable time. Um, right. And that's something that can drag out for a long period of time. And yeah, once you, you have the supplies food in your refrigerator, 
you know, once you've eaten, you know, all your jars of peanut butter, you can get hungry real quick if you're not prepared for it. And most people are not prepared for it. And a lot of people, their refrigerator is two days. You know, it's not, I mean, of worth of food in there. It's not the big supply. You know, a lot of people don't have the big freezer they're working out of or that kind of thing. So that's something you have to consider, you know. How am I going to keep that going? And maybe you should be thinking about investing in some of these long-term food storage. You know, it seems dumb and and like, oh, I'd rather use my money for something else and I'd never use that. That's dumb. Well, whatever you buy, it's kind of a one-time investment. You know, it's not like you have to keep doing that every year, but Mm -hmm. you do if you're only buying a tiny bit. But then you really shouldn't be grumbling about what you're spending, you know? Right. If you're buying two weeks every other month, then, yeah, that that's maybe what your budget allows. But then that is something that's going to have to go for two years or something, you know, before you can start to get to any kind of level of sustainability. Yeah. No, I, I talk to a lot of people uh, when I bring up this subject, and they say, you know, I've got a rifle, I'll, you know, I'll be going hunting. It's not a big deal. I know how to do that. That's great. That's great that you know how to do it. A lot, a lot of squirrels of and rabbits. Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot squirrels of and rabbits in my it. yard. Especially when there are no seasons. There's no breeding time. You know, people are going to shoot everything they see. And in about six months, it's going to be pretty damn hard to come by anything. Yeah, I don't even think six months is realistic. I think in about three weeks. Mm-hmm. When there's no season and no limits and no, you know, I mean, yeah, you might start out with the re- the deer disappear week one and then the mm-hmm. squirrels disappear week two, you know, or the bunnies and then the squirrels and then and it'll dwindle away fast. And then I guess the neighbor's dog at right. number. Yeah. <laughs> and then the neighbor. And then the neighbor. I mean, they're, they're talking about that right now in Venezuela. Uh, yeah. Venezuela, they're talking about, you know, cannibals and uh, um, corpse theft, theft and things like that. I mean, that that gets real and it gets uh, awful pretty fast. You know, it they've been going through awful. this for about six months. Uh, and, you know, if, if you hear anything from Venezuela, which isn't much lately. No, um, you know, people have the average person has lost about 25 pounds there. And, uh, you know, you think about the average American, they could probably stand to lose 25 pounds, but, um, yeah, it sounds right. But, uh, you know, 25 pounds of, of weight loss due to not having enough food to eat. That doesn't mean that, uh, you're losing weight and you're healthy and you're, you know, yeah, you're in better shape. No, what that means is that you're pale, you got scurvy, you're sickly, you know, you might still start to fall out from the malnutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh You know, you uh, a few weeks in, uh, uh, quite a few people would look like the vegans, you know, all pale and pasty looking and not have enough vitamin D. What are you going to do? Yeah, no, that sounds like a uh, an ugly world is what that sounds like, you know, when it starts falling apart like that. But that's, you know, just something to consider. So start to think a little bit, check on your stores. Check on how you're doing it. You know, we spend a lot of time. We we do a lot of episodes where we're telling you how to prep stuff. But I just thought, you know, maybe we loop back around and, and talk about, you know, why. 
why we prep stuff. Because when, when you start to think about how things are, you know, that we aren't exactly all getting along with the world and we're not exactly all getting along in America, you know? Yeah. It's funny. I was actually just looking at uh, the Facebook page and, you know, I, I put whatever I want to put up and I try not to irritate people, whatever. And, you know, but I'm also not afraid to to put out my own thoughts, you know? And so what I thought was funny is I put up a post a couple of weeks ago and I try not to get too crazy and I don't have much Trump stuff because it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you fall on uh, politically. It, it seems that Trump's always divisive, you know, either way you're going to offend some people or, you know, whether you say something positive or negative about him. Mm-hmm. And I go and I, I put up a post about, uh, um, something about uh, all these protesters is a bunch of like Antifa people or whatever. And they're standing in the street blocking traffic and the, the caption or something was about, uh, Oh look, the socialist figured out that you're able to stop people with a wall. And I thought it was right. pretty funny <laughs> and I laughed and ha 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 and whatever. And it was just stupid and funny and I, and I didn't really care. So somebody's on there and like, Oh, that's so great. And they have all these comments about it and then go forward two weeks. And I put up some kind of post, um, that was, uh, from, it was from, uh, I don't know. There's this one page I follow. That's like something about like screw the ATF or something that always makes me laugh. You know, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the stuff from it. And, uh, yeah, it's called, uh, the, the ATF forbidden memes and the, there was a post with Trump and it says, give Trump the same courtesy. He wants to give the rest of us arrest him now and give him due process later. And I was like, well, you know, mm-hmm. shit, that's true. You know, cause you, you, if you believe something, you got to kind of stand behind it, you know? And so they wrote on there, this is funny. I don't care who you are. And, and I laughed and I was like, oh, I'll put that up, you know, whatever. And you guys know, you've heard me talk about things. And this guy's all like, now, mind you, this is the same guy who had all kinds of fun comments and was happy about the wall thing that I posted. And now uh, he's like, so are we doing political memes now? Because I have terabytes of Trump, a pro-Trump means I didn't know this was a thing. And he's all like offended. And I'm like, well, wait, you were down with the political memes when I'm throwing it, you know, in favor of what you like. But that's the thing. We're all just willing to tear each other apart, you know, and it just right. gets crazy. But hey, right. if that's you can't laugh world. at yourself, man, you don't have a sense of humor at all. So I'll try and leave the nastiness for Kevin to make the comments and upset people. I'll try and be a little friendlier. You know, we can all work it in a little bit. But hey, to each his own, right? That's right. That's right. Um, Now, if you haven't gotten on our Facebook page, it's a a great little spot to check out. So I'd recommend going over there. Uh, How do you how do you get over to our Facebook page? We do. We do keep it limited on political stuff. But, you know, I put up whatever the hell I feel like. So, you know, whatever. Each his own. Um, It's our Facebook page, right? We can do whatever the fuck we want. You don't like it, make your own Facebook page. Make your own podcast. You be your Mm -hmm. own boss, right? You choose your own destiny. So, uh, anyway, it's facebook.com slant 
prepping badass. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's I think right. It is. Yeah. And and I think it shows up when the page comes up, it'll say like survival prepping because Facebook found badass to be offensive because, you know, come on. They get scared when they hear things like that. It sounds a little aggressive. You know what I'm talking about? A little aggressive. Yep. You guys get yep. upset. You're probably going to talk about guns and shit. Yep. So, and also we have the Prepping Badass Facebook group which is actually a lot of fun. And uh, it's pretty cool because when you bitch about things, they usually just kick you out. I don't know. I've actually, we've gone, what are we like? Probably like five or six years. I don't know if it says on the page. Maybe I can uh, pull it up and see if it like has a founding date. I don't know how they do it on uh, on mm-hmm. Facebook. No, it doesn't. But it's 1,500 members. So we've been around a little while. And uh, basically... We've only kicked out one person. And so if you're that one guy. Yeah, no, I think that's. And that was because we were like, look, play nice. And he he just couldn't stop. And it became a big. couldn't help himself. (laughs) Perverse, disturbing thing that made Kevin cringe. So we were just like, all right. I don't cringe easy, but man. But man. Whatever. So teach his own. All right. So. If you appreciate what we're doing, maybe you'd leave a review wherever you download these podcasts. Um, I'll try and mix it up, throw some of those old episodes back up uh, from back in the day so you have something exciting to listen to midweek. Otherwise, the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.